Uh, smile when you think you can't. And when things sometimes just don't go so well around you, you can keep on smiling because of what Jesus Christ has done. Isn't it good to be in God's house? And he can put a smile not only on your face, he can put a smile in your heart. And when you have a smile in your heart, somehow it always gets out on your face when you know what Jesus Christ is and what Jesus Christ does in our life. I'm going to ask you to join with me as we pray this morning. Father, we thank you this morning that you have put in so many of our hearts, you have put a smile, not because of things maybe going so well on the outside, but on the inside. You have touched our lives and have made us new and have filled us with your spirit. And you make us aware every day of our life that you are there, that your promise is real, that you never let go of us, but that you walk with us and help us day by day as your children. And as we gather this morning, this Sunday morning together, this beautiful, sunny Sunday morning, how good it is to be in the house of God and to know that, that you are here, that as we've sung songs this morning that have reminded us of your goodness and your grace, that have turned our hearts toward heaven, that have reminded us how much that we need you, and how many of us here this morning, Lord, need you so very much. Some have lost loved ones. Some are ill this morning. Some are facing difficulties and dangers, and you know all about us. But we thank you that when our hearts go out in praise, and when our hearts go out in prayer, that you know, we know that you hear us and that you're here this morning to touch our lives and to, to make us aware again that you walk with us day by day, wherever we are, whatever we face, we thank you that you're there. And so we just want to give you our praise this morning. And we would ask again, as we sang a moment ago, Holy Spirit, would you somehow rain down upon us in a new way? And not, not just in this service, Lord, but every day of our life. Would you move in upon every one of us in new and fresh and wonderful ways that we might experience the fresh touch of God, that we might know in our own hearts a renewal in our spirits, that out there tomorrow where we face the ruts of the regular, that we'll face them with the consciousness that God is there and that your spirit is touching our hearts. And so we come this morning with our thanks. We come this morning with a smile in our spirit. We come saying, Lord, touch us and renew us and bless us with your presence. And as you do that, we give you our thanks and our praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I, I like that chorus, Holy Spirit, rain down. It really is a prayer that every day of our lives, God the Holy Spirit would rain down on us in new ways, not just as a church, but individually as people, that he would do that. You know, it doesn't take much when you look around in our world to know that there are a lot of troubles out there, aren't there? I, um, I, I check Facebook quite often. That's the way I keep up with all my friends and various things that are going on, and, and it doesn't take long when you're checking things like that to realize there are a lot of people that need prayer because there are just a lot of stormy days out there for a lot of folks. I, I think I've joined with many of you praying for Doc Burroughs these days. You know, Doc's going through some difficult days and we've been praying for him and other people that are just uh, facing problems and difficulties and loss and, and, and things like that. And we are reminded that you and I in our journey every day of our lives face difficulties. 
There was a man by the name of the Apostle Paul. You want to know somebody that faced problems. Paul faced them. And when you read down through the New Testament, you start reading about Paul, and particularly in the, in the epistles where he starts enumerating things that he had gone through, issues that he had faced, difficulties that came his way. You know, you, then, then Paul turns around and writes the book of Philippians, which is the joy-filled book. I think Paul must have had a smile in his heart, as well as sometimes in the midst of difficulty, a smile on his face. I want to talk to you this morning about the anchors that God gives us when you and I face storms. Anybody here this morning facing a storm? Don't have to tell me what it is. Don't even have to raise your hand, but you're facing a storm. You lost someone. You're going through difficulty. You know, the Lord knows what it is when you and I go through storms. And he gives us anchors for the storm. Acts chapter 27 will be our background reading. I'll read, we'll read from that in just a few moments. Acts chapter 27. Because if anybody knew about storms, Paul knew all about it. The Bible reminds us Paul was a prisoner. He had been a prisoner for a while. He'd been arrested, of all things, for preaching the gospel. Think about that. And they'd taken him to Jerusalem, and Paul had gone through all kinds of courts in Jerusalem. And Paul finally said to the authorities, you know, you really can't try me here because I'm a Roman citizen. If you're going to try me, you need to take me to Rome. Well, their judicial system back then was even slower than our judicial system these days. And so they, uh, Paul ended up in prison in the coastal city of, of Caesarea for a while. And then when the appropriate time came, they took Paul and they took some other prisoners and they put them on, on board a ship and they sent them off to Rome. Now, back in Paul's days, that was a very long and a very difficult trip, especially because at the time they did that, it was a late fall in, in the season, and the seas were very turbulent during that time. Fact is, most ships did not sail at that time of the year. But in Acts chapter 27, it tells us all about the perils that were part of that journey. Really quite an adventure for them. They were adrift. They were blown by winds. They were drifting 14 days off the coast of Malta. They really didn't know where they were. They had not eaten for a long time. And so I want you to pick up the story with me this morning in Acts chapter 27. And we'll break in on the story at verse 27 as well. Acts 27, 27. On the 14th night, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea. When about midnight, the sailors sensed they were approaching land. They took a sounding and found that the water was 120 feet deep. Short time later, they took soundings again and found it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. Some, some, some translations say they waited for daylight. And while they waited, I'm sure that they prayed quite as well. You know, I, I really think this morning that many of us kind of sense that there is an uneasiness in the world today. 
There is an uneasiness in our culture. There's an uneasiness about life itself. We've, we've all, I, I think, been watching the news these past days, and we've been listening to all the news reports, and I think most of us feel like we've just sort of been chewed up by national politics. All of us, I think, have a sense that our political climate, our culture, our economy have all just kind of done damages to us and our families. And we have a sense this morning, and I have a sense this morning, that my hand doesn't need to be in your backs trying to push you forward today. But I think this morning, rather, my arms need to be around all of us telling us that God is going to get us through this, and God is going to give us courage to face difficult times. Let me just start by saying this morning that if there's someone here today and you've never been through a storm, if your life has never been hurt, if you've never been disappointed or lied about, if you're here this morning and you've never had more month at the end of, of your money, you know what I'm talking about? You've got more month and no more money left. If you've never had any of that in your life this morning, then, then just kind of be patient with the rest of us. If you've never stayed up all night and having trouble getting to sleep, and you did that because you just really fe feared to face a brand new day, if you've never had the experience of waiting for the report to come from the doctor, then just be patient with the rest of us this morning. Because what I'd like to do this morning, I'd like to talk to those who have cried themselves to sleep. I'd like to talk to those of you who have walked the floors of your home at night. I'd like to talk to some of us who have not heard from our children, or if we've heard from our children, it's always been bad news. Maybe this morning, maybe the Word of God has something to say to us about our circumstances. Well, the Bible tells us it was a very stormy night there. The ship was rolling and it was tossing. The fierce winds were blowing there, and the smartest man on board was in chains, and he told everybody else what to do. Paul knew they had been drifting. He noticed some of the sailors were trying to get off the ship, and he managed to get them back on there. And the hero of the story is in chains, but God had given him intelligence and wisdom to bring them through the storm. And in verse 29, it tells us there that the sailors threw four anchors over the board, and they waited, they waited for the dawn. That story just simply has reminded me again this week that life is a voyage, that life is really a journey, that, that life is filled with winds and angry seas sometimes in crisis, and sometimes you and I feel like we're barely surviving. And we don't understand how God helps us, but you know, for me at least, somehow God doesn't seem to work in my life the way he seems to work in the lives of some television evangelist. Sometimes God is slower, and it takes me a while to catch on, and I strongly suspect that same, the same thing for you this morning. And God steps in when our choices, our foolish choices, sometimes seem to come home and rest with us. And the Lord has never failed us, but sometimes God just doesn't do things 
my ways. So the question comes this morning, what do you do in the night? What do you do in what I call the dark night of the soul? Well, I, I really can't tell you what to do this morning. I can only tell you what I do in those dark nights of my soul because you face problems and I face problems. I remember a man said one time, you know, Pastor, you don't understand my problem. You, you never had to meet a payroll. Well, I said, you know, well, hey, let's back up for a moment. When I was pastoring First Church of the Nazarene, I, I had to get seven or 800 people a week on the same piece of real estate every Sunday morning. And, and I, had to, uh, I had to get 10% of their income into the plates every Sunday morning, and I didn't have a product to sell. I had seven employees or more there, but with their families I had to take care of every week, and I had a multi-million dollar property there that needed to be taken care of with all the upkeep and repairs. And the only thing that I had, except for the gospel, was persuasion. And I did have to meet payroll, just like any businessman. Well, he really never thought about things like that. You see, all of us have problems. Now, when the storms roll on me, let me tell you what anchors that I put out. And if you can use them, I, I pray God will help you just to go ahead. Four anchors that I put out when I, when I face the stormy issues of life. Anchor number one is this. I, I, what I roll out is the parade of faith. The parade of faith. Now, we have faith. We believe in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And all of that head knowledge is head knowledge for most of us here this morning, and it seeps down into our hearts when we face the storms. But in the still of the night, you know, I start calling up and start going through my personal creed because I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe God has called me and called all of us. He's called us before the earth was ever made. And because of that, I believe God is not ignorant about our circumstances. Do you know that? That God knows right where you are, and God knows exactly what you're going through. He's not ignorant of our circumstances. And I remind myself that if he knows the birds of the air, and if he knows the fish of the sea, then he knows about you, and he knows about me, and he knows exactly what we're facing. But you say, Pastor Mike, how does he know it? Pastor Mike, give me some kind of a logical explanation. Well, I would tell you this morning, I, I agreed with the late Dag Hammarskjöld, who was a former Secretary General of the United Nations, who was killed in a plane crash many, many years ago. That plane was flying over the Congo, and after the crash, they found his personal journal. And in that journal, he had written this line, pay attention. This line was this, I know, but deeper than that, I know. I know, but deeper than that, I know. Now, you might just first read that, and those words could simply go by you very quickly, but then I realized what he was saying was, there is within us a knowledge of a person and the presence of God that is deeper than just mere head knowledge. 
far deeper than that. It isn't some sign of a formula that you write down on a blackboard somewhere or that you can read in a book, but it's a knowledge that is deep and profound in our lives. It's a knowledge of the sovereignty of God, the God who loves us, and we know it. And we know it in a way that is beyond anything that can be explained. And so we begin to believe in the sovereignty of God and not in the sovereignty of the storms around us. And when we put that anchor of faith, we recall the times that God has rescued us in the past, and we go back to those times when God saved us from our sins and filled us with his Holy Spirit, and we look out the back rearview mirror of our lives, and we see the times and the places where God's hand and God's presence has been there all along in our lives. And we say with the writer of the Lamentations, because of God's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And in the storm of life, when I'm facing it, I roll out the anchor of faith. Second one I roll out is I, I roll out the anchor. I, I pray. I pray. Now, that's not just a few words about prayer. I'm not talking about, you know, something that we just sort of do in the storm time. But, but when you're praying in the middle of the storm, when the waves are lashing your, the boat of your life, you don't stop and ask, now, what is that formula Pastor Brad gave us last week about prayer? No, a drowning man just cries out for help. And God hears that clearly because it comes from the un unvarnished depth of our souls. And it comes out of something that sometimes hurts deeply and hurts powerfully. The Bible says, knock and it shall be opened to you. Let me just remind you this morning that, that, that sometimes we have to knock and knock and knock until we get bloody knuckles. And that's what the passage really means here. He says God is calling us today to pray like people with bloody knuckles. And sometimes it's a desperate, middle-of-the-night kind of prayer. Sometimes it's a desperate, walking-the-floor-of-your-home kind of prayer. Sometimes it's a time when you just can't find words to put around your feelings. And then you begin to move to a depth beyond words, and you move to groanings and to sobs, and sometimes you cry out in those groanings that are too deep, they're to be reduced to words. But the Bible reminds us, God hears those groanings that you bring before God, those deep, very profound things, those fears, those frustrations, and as you bring them before God, as you bring those people, and those people about whom you are concerned, as you bring those difficult things in your life, as you bring those fears that seem to stalk you, in that storm, we throw out the anchor of prayer. And God hears us when we pray. I find myself praying for people a lot of times. I have a prayer list of folks I pray for. 
And I, I pray not only that God will, will help those people and heal those people if need be or whatever, but I just say, Lord, help them to be reminded you haven't forgotten them, but you're there as they pray. Third anchor I throw out is what I call the anchor of hope. The anchor of hope. Now, hope, I think, is a very misunderstood word. It really is one of the hardest things to talk about, not because of a lack of hope, but because hope is hard to define. There once was a time when the Encyclopedia Britannica, we don't even use encyclopedias much anymore, but the Encyclopedia Britannica used to have a very large section on faith and love and not one word on hope. Hope sort of gets pushed aside. Uh, we talk about the hope that is within us, but it's hard sometimes to define hope. But, you know, it really did make the big three. Now abide of faith, hope, and love. And we live with faith and love, but it's hope that carries us through. And if you have become hopeless, living, you know, there really is no hope at all if you've become hopeless. If you have become hopeless, then you are lost and you're going down quickly because you've lost hope. Martin Luther once said, everything done in this world is done on hope. Emerson said it like this, you cannot put a great hope in a small soul. You cannot put a great hope in a small soul. God has given us a great hope. Hope is the confidence that God is going to work out the future and the future is going to be all right. Now, we've already been given a down payment on our future in that we have been forgiven and we've been sealed by God's Holy Spirit. Sealed by the Spirit carries the idea that we have God's seal on us and God says, he, she is mine. And God has already put that hope in our hearts. So why in the name of all that is holy do we put our hope in the world? Why do we put our hope in the stock market or a political house of cards or in our investments or all the things the world stands for? Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And though the storms blow against us, we have a hope that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. They tell me that when they went into the Buchenwald, one of those German concentration camps at the end of World War II, when they found, when they got there, the Allied troops found among all the horror that was there, they found some amazing things in that, that, that camp. They, they found that those people that had been herded up, you know, like cattle, placed in those horrible conditions there, who had watched their families and their friends by the thousands gassed and cremated into those ovens, those people that had been forced to do hard labor starting before sunrise and ending after sunset and then given just a bowl of thin, watery soup to live on and, until many of them died of starvation that instead of collapsing in their bunks, 
There was a medical personnel, folks in that concentration camp, some prisoners who had a medical background there, they got together. They, they would meet after the lights went out in their barracks, and they formed a medical society in the concentration camp at Buchenwald. Every night, they would go over the patient list and the problems they were dealing with and what their medical needs were. They, they even did some other things. They began to smuggle things in and around. And they would find ways occasionally to bribe the guards. And they actually built an x-ray machine in that camp. So when some fellow prisoners had problems, they would take some x-rays. They would care for the patient as best they could. And what just small resources that they, they had. And when the Allied soldiers went into that camp and liberated those patients, they found that the medical society was in a meeting. And they did not rejoice in their deliverance until they had finished their meeting. And when they came out, they said, the medical society we formed in here was our hope during all these horrible days. We were held together by hope, by the structure of this medical society. Think about that. There's an article out some time ago now that said patients who suffer illness recover according to the amount of hope they have. Patients who do not believe they'll get better generally don't get better. Patients who believe they have hope do better than patients who do not believe they have hope. When you're facing the winds, when your boat is being pushed, when you're not sure that God is really there, when life doesn't work out the way that you thought it was, we'll pull out the anchor of hope and trust in God. Well, there's one more anchor. It's also hard to define. It's what I call the anchor of release. Release. Lord, many times I would pray, Lord, I have this pastoral responsibility. These are your people. They're your flock. And so I just release them to you. That didn't mean I walked away from that my, or, or turned my back on my responsibility. But underlying all of that was I understood that in the battle, God was with me. Release. Lord, I release that parent. I release that child. I, I release that disease. I, I release those circumstances. I, I release that employer. I, I release that, 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 that boss. Whatever it is, oh God, I just give it to you. Lord, I can't carry it any longer. Lord, will you get underneath this with me because I can't carry it alone. And I release it to God. Now, what many times God does is that he doesn't lift it off of us, but he gives us the strength and the power in order to carry whatever it is life has put upon us. And I find that when I release things to God, all of a sudden, I find the strength to carry whatever it is that I'm facing.
Now, I hope that doesn't sound this morning like I'm going around getting a super spiritual, you know, and too spiritual for us to get hold of. But I think you and I need to understand, God, I, I can't carry that. I can't carry him. I can't carry her. I, I can't carry that thing any longer. It's yours. Take it and do whatever you see fit. But too often, we give things to God, and then we take them back, don't we? Because somehow we really don't believe that God is big enough to carry them for us. As a matter of fact, this morning, driving here to church, I wrestle with God about some things, about a thing I've committed to God several times, and I think I've taken them back, and I've said, Lord, I, you know, I don't know what to do with it. Help me to release it and leave it in your hands. But there's something you and I might miss in this story. I want you to look at verse 29 very carefully. It says in verse 29, they put out the four anchors, and then they waited for the dawn. How many of you like to wait? Anybody here like to wait? Seem like we spend our time waiting, don't we? You know, we wait for the traffic lights. We wait in the grocery line with the 25th person in Walmart behind the one cashier they have working that day. You know, we wait and we wait and we wait. We wait for the phone to ring. We wait for the letter to arrive. We, we wait for the email to come, you know. Uh, we spend our lives waiting. And in the Gospels we read that they waited for the Lord to come. Now we, for him to, to come, we wait now for him to return. But they waited for the dawn. And it came. They were rescued, but it was slow. It just didn't happen immediately. That's when we have to learn to turn it palms down and release it to God. So let me ask you this morning, how's your little boat doing today? How, how are you sleeping? How are the nerves? How, how much of your day is taken up in worry as the storms of life pound away on you? Let me just remind you of my four anchors to re-examine to re-examine the foundation of your faith, to pour out your heart to God in prayer, don't lose hope because God is with you. And release it to God. Give it to God. And then wait and see what God is going to do. Four anchors for the storm. I really think this morning nothing could better express what I've been trying to say than, than the words of the old hymn that I've quoted from a couple of times. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame 
but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Remember that? Can you sing it? Would you stand with me and let's try it? You know I can't sing, but you can help me as we do it, all right? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. He's the rock. He's the one who helps us in the storms of life. Father, take your word and speak it to our hearts this morning. For that one, or for the many, who may be facing storms in their lives today, will you touch them anew with a sense of your presence? Will you help them this morning to recognize the God who's helped in the past is the God who helps today? Will you help us as we pray to, to know that you hear us? Will you give us a, a renewal of hope in our lives? And will you help us release to a God who knows so much better than we do how to make it through the storm? And as we face the storms of life, as we go through our day by day, may your presence go with us, and may this week, may the blessing of God rest upon us in fresh, new, marvelous ways so that we might look up to you and give you our thanks. For you're the one who never fails. And we say with the writer, great is thy faithfulness. And for that, we give you our thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. God bless you. Have a great day this Sunday as you worship the Lord.